Welcome to Beyond the Balance Sheet, the podcast that helps advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families understand the complexities of issues related to our mental, physical, and emotional well-being. Our co-hosts, Arden O'Connor and Diana Clark, will interview a series of guests on a range of topics, providing informative content and practical tools for professionals and families to consider. Here are your hosts, Arden and Diana. Hi, and welcome to an episode of Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. Today's guest is Josh Cantor. I'm very excited to hear about his Leaf Planner, which is a platform built to collect, organize, and map a family and a family's enterprise information in a single source manner. He is a wealth advisor who provides thoughtful, personalized, multi-generational family wealth advisory services, including meeting facilitation, structuring, governance, trust, estate and tax planning. And what I'm most interested to talk about today is his blind spot review and the ways he promotes family enterprise through the identification of what might be tricky situations. He began his career as a lawyer, unlike many of us out there, and had found that he left his practice to run his own family's multi-generational, multi-branch family office 20 years ago. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Appreciate you having me on. Sure. So let's start with, you talk about an owner's manual for families and family enterprise. What is a, an owner's manual and what does it consist of? Yeah, so the idea of the owner's manual really goes back to our own family story. And that really resulted from um, me coming in, as you mentioned, to run our family office 22 years ago. Essentially, my dad uh, got sick unexpectedly, as so often happens. Um, I guess the good news is he didn't have a heart attack or get hit by the proverbial bus. And I ended up with 18 months by his side to really learn everything that I thought I needed to know. And ultimately, I found that notwithstanding my legal training and my um, picking up and leaving my career to come work with my family and work for my family, that the number of things that I didn't know when he passed away 18 months later really shocked me and that there wasn't really another me in the family. Lots of smart people around the table, as many families have, but there wasn't somebody with my training and my kind of exposure to all those family elements. And so the owner's manual really became this idea of saying, how do you map out, as you also alluded to with respect to Leaf Planner, how do you map out all of the information that a family might need to know uh, in order to help educate, empower, and really provide for a succession of information in a way that went well beyond what we all would probably think of as the old in case of emergency file. You know, that three ring binder that used to sit up on the shelf and be there in case somebody passed away. I have one of those, have, Josh. Yeah, not you have one of those? Well, I'm going to work on, on convincing you that's not sufficient and we're going to change that for you. So. Okay. <laughs> um, so the owner's manual and the reason we called it an owner's manual, right, was that this idea that I wanted people to understand how do you pick up this family enterprise and make it work? And so that was different, right? It was not just a, but to be there in the case of succession of information, it was to be there so everybody understood how the family enterprise really worked and how do you pick it up? And to some extent, my joke used to be, right, the old saying that everybody's familiar with of you get a, an owner's manual with a toaster and not with a kid. And I would extend that to say, and not with a family of wealth either. And so the idea was how do you actually create this, this thing called an owner's manual? for a family of wealth. 
So I am going through the automobile owner's manual in my car, and I'm thinking to myself, what does an owner's manual consist of beyond the emergency, here's my life insurance, here's my bank accounts? So I would say it's the, the analogy I like rather than the car to some extent is the digital camera. And the reason I say that is because today in today's environment, right, we can all pick up our phone or a digital camera and probably make it work. But the more you dig into that owner's manual, the more you understand about shutter speed and aperture and all the thing, depth of field and all the things that go into actually taking a good picture, the better your outcomes are. So yes, you can start with the old in case of emergency file and have a copy of the will and a copy of the trust and a copy of the, or a list of the five contacts to have and maybe a copy of the balance sheet and maybe a list of accounts. But it's really the owner's manual is intended again to go the step further or multiple steps further. So to me, what that means is saying, how do all those pieces fit together? What's the relationship between them? Um, What's the context in which they were? Why are those bank accounts at the bank that they're at? Why are those brokerage accounts at the at the brokerage firms they're at? What are those relationships about? Who do you trust? Who do you not trust? Why did you do this deal? What's your expectation for that deal? So think about adding all of the context and the nuance that the traditional in case of emergency file can't do because it's it's static documentation or lists of things that don't have that nuanced kind of human element, if you will, to it. I get that. So digital camera, how else do you use technology in this process? How do you know, beyond the analogy of a digital camera, how do we use mm -hmm. technology? Because I would imagine that despite the fact that I'm inept generationally with technology, that is not necessarily true for everybody and particularly for younger generations. So how is this appealing to younger folks? Yeah, I'd say it's it's an interesting question because to me, the digital or, or sort of the technology evolution is a really important piece of this because, you know, we're joking about the old three-ring binder, although maybe you really do have a three-ring binder. Yeah. But the three-ring binder ultimately, of course, gave way to, you know, Word documents and Excel sheets and then ultimately to OneDrive and Google Drive and kind of cloud solutions. And what Leaf Planner has really done and what I think technology is allowing us to do is start to merge all these concepts of like relational database concepts to document management. So when I talk about using technology in this context, and, and we'll get, I hope, to the, the blind spot kind of comment as well, an educational comment, is that it's you're able to sort of almost zoom in and zoom out and be able to see how the different pieces together. So if you're really thinking about how does this trust relate to this asset, relate to this liability, relate to a trustee, relate to anything like that, right? All the relate to the accounts relate. So all of that mind mapping, if you will, technology is letting us do that. Now, importantly to your comment, not everybody is from is is comfortable or familiar with the technology. So we've created the platform to be very, very user friendly. But it also the entire thing can still be printed to a PDF document and then printed out onto paper if that's what somebody wants to do. So that you can still maybe you've got an older generation who's not comfortable with the technology the technology can obviously then just drive the constant updating of this owner's manual or in case of emergency file in the, in the old case, so that it's not something that again becomes static and sits on the shelf and all of a sudden five years later, everybody realizes nobody's updated it, it's not correct anymore. And again, none of that nuance is there. So the technology component shouldn't be a deterrent. It should actually just be an adjunct to how people think about all this information. 
I like that. Tell me a little bit, when I'm listening to you, I think of what would be really helpful in an owner's manual is sort of the origin story. When you started mm -hmm. talking about a little bit about why we bank at this bank as opposed to that bank, some of those may be historic relationships. Is that covered as well in the owner's manual? Yeah, it really, you know, it's designed to cover just about everything you can think of. So um, there, there could be a family origin story. So if the family's done documentaries or videos or, you know, letters of wishes or family histories, those are all captured in what we call the first things first section, which is sort of the roadmap to how a family digs in and gets educated about the, or a new advisor, by the way, or an executor or a trustee, how do they dig in and get educated about the family history and the family itself and the family enterprise. So some of it could be there. Some of it could be as you dig into relationships, um, as you alluded to, you may have not only the documentation of why do we bank uh, at this particular bank, but it might be, hey, by the way, don't forget that I know the president of the bank. And so we don't really work with that person on a day-to-day -day basis, but everybody should know that that's a relationship I have. And so it's it's really capturing that history. It's capturing that nuance. It's capturing the, would you continue that process or would you actually recommend a change to the next generation or to your spouse or partner or whoever is taking over? Would you, um, are there things about it that are unique that everybody should know about? And then uh, again, how do those, how do those relationships and how do those, you know, we're picking on a bank, but how do those banking relationships fit again, within the entirety of the family enterprise and the ecosystem. So I'm thinking about the difference between a family that engages in your process and has a leaf planner and what you experienced when your dad left you the reins. And I imagine there is a huge, even though you got to spend 18 months with him, there is a huge amount that you would have wanted beyond what you knew at that point. Absolutely. Um, and, and that's really the point of, of why we created the owner's manual originally and now Leaf Planner. It, if I go back to my dad's death, and obviously my story is unique to the extent that it's unique to my family. But of course, everybody, you know, as I like to say, I'm sure it rhymes a lot with other families. So whatever the situation is, my dad was a world renowned trust and estate lawyer. One of the questions on an estate tax return is, to list for anybody who has never read an estate tax return, and I had not, and nobody suggested to me that I do so before my dad passed away. So perhaps I could ask him some questions five minutes before he passed away instead of five minutes after he passed away. And so if you look at that estate tax return, one of the questions, for example, is list every trust that the decedent has ever been a trustee, a beneficiary, or grantor of. Well, my dad's a world-renowned trust and estate lawyer. He's created thousands and thousands of trusts for thousands of families how do I know what the list of trusts are that he's ever been? And it's not a current question, it's a historic question. So how do I know how to even find that information? How do I know why transactions were put together so that as I'm looking at now running the family office and, and basically having to run this family enterprise, if I wanna take entities apart, if I wanna take transactions apart, I need to know why they were put together to begin with so I can understand that. One of the things that our family dealt with, we had, um, 750 tax returns a year for our family alone when I took over in 2001. At that point, I knew that part of my job was to deal with entity simplification. How do I get rid of some of these 750 entities? Well, I can't get rid of them until I understand why they were put together to begin with so that I'm not 
stepping onto some landmine about, you know, tax litigation or something that I don't even know. And we, by the way, were involved in 33 years of tax litigation with the IRS. So it was really important to me to get these things right. And so that's the kind of thing that the owner's manual is designed to help families transfer that information. There's no conversation in that 18 months with my dad that would have ever led me to think, oh, I should ask this. And so the mm-hmm. whole notion of the owner's manual and leaf planner is to encourage, first of all, to help people identify what should they be asking about? What should they be preparing and thinking about? And whether that's a document, whether it's a video, whether it's a conversation, it doesn't matter to me or to leaf planner. It's making sure that those things actually are just considered. That's great. So let's move on to blind spots because I'm really particularly fascinated about your discussion <clears throat> in that regard. Tell me what a blind, yeah, so blind spot is. Blind yeah. spots to me are really two different things. One is is an area of things that we don't even know we should be looking for, right? So therefore, of course, it's a blind spot. The other thing may be something that we know we should be doing, but we just haven't taken care of. It gets pushed down and down and down on the to-do list, right? And so think about things like, um, so one of, the, one of the ways, again, when we talk about relational database concepts in Leaf Planner and in the owner's manual, uh, if you're tying a home or an investment, but let's say a home, because that's a good example for this. If you're tying a home to the trust that owns the home, to who the tenants are or who, who lives in the home and does it have insurance and all these different pieces are coming together in a map. If you're a California resident and probate court right now is running two years behind schedule and I think costs something like 2% of the value of whatever goes into probate. So it's a wildly expensive, wildly time-consuming process. All of which, as I'm sure most of your listeners know, can be avoided by putting a home into a revocable trust. So a blind spot may or may not be whether you know that it should be an irrevocable trust, but more importantly, whether it actually ever got into the revocable trust. So I can't tell you how many people I've worked with who will say, oh yeah, my home is in a revocable trust. Well, the way Leaf Planner goes about this and forces you to tie the home to the owner to all the other pieces is all of a sudden somebody will see and that blind spot will be exposed because you'll realize the lawyers told me to retitle the home into the revocable trust, but I never did it. So that's one kind of blind spot. The other kind of blind spot, the first one I really mentioned is something that some people may not know to think about at all. So an example of that might be Maybe mom and dad are going through a lot of work with the estate lawyers to say, we're going to take the ski home or the ranch or the lake house or whatever family legacy property there is and put it in a trust for the next generation, whether that's three siblings, seven cousins, whoever it is. And no one's ever told them to think about the family governance and dynamics issues that come along with how are those family members now going to you know, govern and run this property that they've now put in, been put into collectively. That to me is a blind spot. If you don't know to think about that, you don't know to think about that. So it's by definition a blind spot. So Leaf Planner and the owner's manual process is really designed to help families identify both kinds of those blind spots to really see what am I not thinking of that I should be thinking of and what have I, did I know that I needed to do, but I didn't do? And how do I make that checklist of things that I should fix? I appreciate the blind spot conversation, particularly when it comes to shared property or family dynamics that are going to need to be wrestled out, ideally before the grantor dies and not necessarily post-death. That's a great plan. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And even things like, you know, explaining 
why when when we do all this estate planning, of course, one of the normal questions is going to be, well, who's going to be your trustee? Well, what if I've never explained to my family why I chose Josh as my trustee? Or what if I've never, you know, again, there's so many things that could fall into this blind spot idea because it's really about explaining why all these things were done or, again, things that families may not know. So it's it's really a critical part of the owner's manual process. Great. So we're about out of time and I didn't want to miss a point that you may have had on leaf planner and blind spots. Was there anything I didn't ask that you would find it important for our audience to know? Sure. I think, I think the most important thing to me, I mean, the, the notion of how all the pieces fit together. And if you think again about zooming in and out of a mind map of how it all fits together is really important, but leaf planner and the owner's manual process, I'd say to me is most importantly that it's really, first of all, it's an educational tool. This is not, again, a sit on the shelf, wait for somebody to die tool. This is an educational tool. We see families taking the owner's manual into a family meeting. We see family members using it, again, in, in all kinds of educational settings with family members or new advisors or trustees or executors. Then I'd say it's also an empowerment tool. We see family members using it as maybe a wealth engagement tool for a rising generation family member. We see family members being able to access it. So it's a tool that's very family facing. And so the idea is that a family member could come in and say, hey, I know I've been told at a family meeting what a revocable trust is, but I don't remember. So they can go into there and see what that means. They can go into there and see how those pieces fit together. So if somebody says, I don't remember what trust owns my house and I'm refinancing and I need to talk to the trustee, they can see that. I don't remember who my banker is at, at XYZ Bank. They can go in there and see it. So a lot of this is really about that education and empowerment piece and ultimately the succession of information piece. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. So how can people find you? Would it be on leafplanner.com? Yep, you can find me through leafplanner.com or josh at leafplanner.com. And uh, I'd be happy to talk with anybody about any of this at all. That's great. So for our guest today, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation about Leaf Planner, the use of technology in educating, unifying, and transitioning family members. It was a delightful conversation with Josh. So if you've liked this conversation or any others, please like us on your platform of choice. Thanks again for having me. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Balance Sheet a podcast designed to help advisors, clinical professionals, and affluent families solve some of their biggest medical, psychiatric, and emotional challenges. Visit beyondthebalancesheet.com to read more about our guests and resources and sign up for our newsletter.